She runs an industry-leading research team of economists and analysts recognized by a wide audience of media, policymakers, and professionals. In this episode, Dr. Svenja Goodell shares her journey to becoming the chief economist at Zillow, one of the leading online real estate marketplace companies. Find out how COVID-19 has impacted the real estate market and housing predictions. Everything from home value gains and credit to challenges the market is facing and tips for investing in a home. Meet the leaders shaping the new era of credit. This is the Vantage Core Podcast. Today, we talk to Dr. Svenja Goodell, Chief Economist at Zillow. This is part two. Even entering the pandemic, we saw a trend where a lot of home builders were building at the middle to high end of the market. And that made a lot of sense because oftentimes it's not extremely profitable to build at the bottom end of the market. It's just too expensive to build a house oftentimes, given land prices and and regulatory costs. And so it's not an easy feat to build an affordable home uh, or, you know, not even you know, in, the, in the common sense of affordable, but a cheaper home for a first-time home buyer. And so a lot of builders were building middle to high end. And so even going into all of this, it wasn't easy to find a first-time home. And now people will certainly have a harder time finding their first-time home, their starter home, if you will. And on top of that, credit has gotten to be much tighter. I think if you need a plain vanilla mortgage and you've got excellent credit, you've got your 20% down payment, you're good you can take advantage of unbelievably low rates right now. And they are unbelievably low. But if you don't have a 20% down payment, or if your credit isn't quite as long or established or amazing, you're having a really hard time getting even a mortgage, you know, let alone a low rate. And so there are a lot of roadblockers, if you will, trying to make that migration from being a renter to a homeowner. And so that's absolutely a, a concern for people that want to get into the market to buy their first home. All markets are really hot for first-time home buyers. And I think even some of the markets that we saw relax or that weren't quite as hot over the last few years have started to pick up steam. And so even if you move into the middle of the country, you know, the coasts have always been extremely hot. They're expensive and hot. And most jobs are on the coast in terms of, you know, the big ones that you think of first when you get out of college. And so a lot of job centers are located along the coast. So the, the housing markets there have always been expensive and hot. But even if you go middle of the country, um, Nashville, Salt Lake City, even parts of Chicago that traditionally perhaps aren't the, you know, the number one markets to think of when it comes to, oh, you know, or Nashville are starting to pick up steam in terms of how much homes are and how hard it is to actually get an offer accepted in some of these homes as a first-time home buyer. And, you know, Texas is a cheaper market, but there Austin is extremely expensive to buy a home. And so, you know, it's perhaps slightly easier there than say the Bay Area, but not a not a cakewalk for sure. Obviously your credit score determines quite a bit in terms of your ability to be approved for a mortgage. And for renting as well, oftentimes landlords will pull your credit as well. And I think historically in credit scores, you don't reflect, right? How uh, have you been making your rental payments on time, for example? And so other things kind of will impact your credit score. And if you don't have a good one right now, it's really hard to get a good mortgage or take advantage of really low mortgage rates. And, you know, the 30-year fixed mortgage is under 3%, historically low. And if you are slightly more, quote unquote, complicated case in terms of getting a mortgage, 
you're having a very hard time accessing those low rates. So if you don't have a 20% down payment or your credit score isn't outstanding, you will either get a much higher rate or you won't be able to get a mortgage. A lot of the challenges that we're seeing right now have yet to play out. And we have to kind of see where we land on some of these things, right? Because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Something could still happen, even though this year must just end. But um, it's one of those things where unemployment is fairly high at the moment, certainly off the extreme lows we had seen in previous years now or pre-pandemic. And, um, you know, we were at 3.5% and now we're closer to 8%. So quite the uptick. And that's going to leave quite a bit of scarring in the market. And a lot of people have been affected. They are out of jobs. They aren't able to make payments. So that's going to disrupt that natural evolution from renter to homeowner if you're in that boat or even renter to renter if you stay, if you stay on the rental side. And uh, so unemployment is a, is a big one. Inventory is going to stay with us. Inventory remains incredibly low. We're down 30% year over year or more than 30% year over year in terms of overall inventory. It's even tighter if you look at the bottom end of the market. So if you split the market into thirds and take a look at the bottom thirds, more affordable uh, starter homes or entry-level homes, there it's even tighter what's available. So that's going to stay with us as well. We have a lot of wealth inequality, a lot of social inequality in housing as well. And that's going to disrupt the, the market. Uh, and on top of that, you have just uncertainty of, of not being able to know exactly where the market's going to be heading. And so people's willingness to perhaps sell or buy will be impacted by some of that uncertainty as well. I don't think we're going to crash anytime soon. We're still kind of feeling it in our bones, uh, what we went through with the Great Recession. That's like a once in a 100-year kind of period thing, you know. It doesn't happen that often that housing market just crashes, certainly not a national market. You know, they're boom and bust periods. And you locally, you can see more of a cycle in housing. But what we just went through on a national level back in 2008 is fairly uncommon. So no, the market isn't going to crash. In fact, prices are very sticky. So if you're in the business of measuring what home values are doing or any prices for that matter, the best prediction of what's going to happen the next month is what happened the last month because they have quite a bit of momentum. And so you'd have to really see a very large impact for the market to crash and conditions have to be you know, that perfect storm. And we aren't seeing that. In fact, housing has been quite strong amidst this economic downturn. So I don't believe the market will crash anytime soon. Millennials are a much larger group than baby boomers. And they're, you know, the, the oldest ones, 38, 39, are probably homeowners, a large chunk of them already. Um, and there's a bunch of that generation that hasn't actually reached that age of the first time home buyer quite yet. So you still have a, quite a few millennials moving through the pipeline, hitting that point where a share of them will decide to become homeowners. And then you have Generation Z on their heels, also an incredibly large and total larger generation that will also want to buy homes at some point. Now, they're still pretty young. The oldest ones there are just starting to kind of age into being out on their own for the first time in a rental. But they too will at some point reach that marker of wanting to possibly buy a home. And so a lot of demographic tailwinds there for the housing market. The Latinx homeownership rate has really saw some stronger movements prior to the pandemic. Again, the pandemic itself has had, unfortunately, unequal effects uh, on different groups and, and races out there. 
and that's why it's so important to be mindful about the inequity in the housing market for different races and being able to give access. And there are certainly a bunch of things that you can do to supply more available housing units, more affordable housing units, so that everyone is able to kind of make that jump from being a renter to a homeowner. Because being a homeowner is one of the most important generating factors for wealth in the long term, right? A lot of people, their largest asset is their home, and that's how they generate wealth. And, you know, over a really long horizon, usually your home increases in value. So it's like your piggy bank that you pay into every single month. And it's an incredibly effective mechanism for savings. And that's why homeownership oftentimes is so important. So enabling that jump from being a, a renter to a homeowner is really critical, especially for people of color. The consumption industry in general is a good one to kind of pay attention to, particularly if you're interested in figuring out, are people going to move and buy more homes? Or are they going to stay in their homes and renovate their homes? So taking a look at what's actually being purchased, how willing are people to purchase things, and uh, so consumer spending in general. And then among those lines, paying attention to what the savings rate is and those types of things. So that's important. I do think as part of our predictions, we do pay attention to the industry as a whole because housing is essential to kind of everything that we do. Everyone's going to live somewhere and it's very impacted by the rest of the economy. So if unemployment is high, that changes our behavior and our ability to do certain things, right? And our sentiment is impacted and that shows up in consumer spending and a bunch of other stuff. So all industries will kind of give you some sort of read on these things, but just spending in general. So retail industries and home improvement industries are fairly interesting to kind of watch and in tandem to the housing industry as a whole. The number one thing that a lot of consumers stumble upon is the fact that they think, oh, I don't have a 20% down payment, so I'm not even going to bother trying. There's certainly ways to get a mortgage possibly more expensive, but certainly ways to get into a home. And you can look at FHA loans or other types of loans that don't have quite as high of a down payment associated with it. Even going with a conventional loan, you don't have to always have a 20% down payment. You will have to pay private mortgage insurance for some of those things, but you can age out of that over time. So you kind of have to do the math. In that process, I also highly recommend shopping around for mortgage rates. The stat that always kind of blew my mind was the fact that people spend more time researching, I think it was refrigerators or TVs, one or the other, versus researching mortgage rates. Mortgage rates aren't created equal, and it's super important to kind of look at different offerings. Like Go to your local credit union, go to your local bank, and go online. There's a lot of online services that provide lending as well, Zillow being one of them. And get quotes for what mortgage rates are before you choose to settle on one. And that's super important. Shop around and get the best possible mortgage for you and your personal situation. And then obviously saving for a down payment is important. And be qualified. And when you're ready to buy a home, make sure you're pre-qualified so you can kind of jump on it. Because time on market is so short right now that you don't get a whole lot of time to kind of ponder, unfortunately, but you have to be ready and signal to a potential seller that you're in it to win it, you know, so you want to be prepared for that situation. It's a huge purchase, so it's hard to not be emotionally tied to it, but it does help walking into these things, thinking of it as a transaction and thinking of it as something that meets your needs, but you won't be heartbroken if your first, second, and third offer aren't accepted. And, you know, you have to get quite good at being able to walk away and consider something else again, unfortunately. It's such a crazy market right now. 
when you want to invest in, you know, there's certainly a lot of people that take advantage of this where, you know, they rent or live somewhere and then buy a second or third home as an investment property. Make sure you have considered all the costs involved in that. Do you have a management company that's going to manage that property for you? Are you going to manage it yourself? Are you willing to have the person that's renting from you give you a call at three in the morning because the toilet is stuffed up or water isn't flowing or the furnace isn't working or whatever it may be? It's a very different decision to have a property that you're renting out and all the commitments that are involved in that versus just being a homeowner yourself. It's already a big commitment when you're a homeowner yourself, but then owning it for someone else is even more of a commitment. And make sure you have the math right. I would never recommend in housing getting into anything just for a year or two. I think having a longer horizon attached to these things makes a lot of sense that uh, you have to be in it for the long run, I think. This podcast is brought to you by Banter Score Solutions, a higher level of confidence. Thanks for listening.